This is Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And 159 episodes in, we are finally talking Megadeth. I genuinely can't believe it's taken us this long to talk about Dave Mustaine and his band of merry men. Same here. I cannot believe it's taken us this long. I mean, I know, Animesh, you and I would have probably at least once or twice discussed doing a Megadeth episode, but it never came to fruition. But here we are, we're finally doing it. Yep, poor, poor, poor Dave Mustaine, always getting second billing, even oh, on Horns Up. <laughs> he ain't no Metallica. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Considering the number of Metallica episodes and the number of mentions that Metallica gets on the podcast, right? Like every second episode, there's a Metallica mention. Uh, oh, man. Oh, well, anyways, the album that we are celebrating today is the band's second studio release, Peace Sells But Who's Buying? And that was released on 19th September 1986 through Capitol Records. And that means it turns 35 years old this year. I mean, that's reason enough for us to celebrate it. But uh, really, does this album even need a reason as such for us to talk about it? And by that, I mean, this one's a staple for all of us, right? If you consider yourself a heavy metal fan, this is one of the albums that you'll hear first. Right, Peter? Yeah. And, you know, there was that time where, and I'm sure you also come across that whole uh, thrash metal, speed metal uh, thing, right? This is one of those albums that kind of defines what speed metal is. Like, if someone asked me that, okay, what are the one of the few albums that would demonstrate what speed metal is? How is it different from... Uh, thrash metal this is definitely one of those albums I'd give them and I'm excited to talk about this album because you know we've never talked Megadeth so yeah I'm gonna stop at that it's so great that this album was released in a year where you also had albums like Master of Puppets as well as Rain and Blood release in the same year think about it such a seminal year for uh, thrash speed extreme metal or bay area metal as such right Yeah, imagine going to all those shows in that year. I mean, it would have been nuts uh, just for everyone to just be around. And I think like their movies like Get Thrashed and all of them that kind of talk about that whole movement. But uh, I must ask you, Anmish, was this the first Megadeth album you heard? Yes, it was. Wow. This absolutely was. Um, I mean, I think the very first Megadeth songs that I'd heard were actually... Kill the King, and then maybe a couple of tracks from Euthanasia. But as an album, this was the very first Megadeth album I heard. And this this is an interesting story. As I was getting initiated into metal, right, uh, one of my friends who introduced me to metal, he comes home with this tape that he's recorded. Okay, it's not the official album or anything of that sort. And it's a recorded tape. And he gives me a test okay he says okay i'm going to play this song for you identify the band all right and i don't know why the fuck he was doing this but he (laughs) did it so he starts playing and and obviously i didn't know it at that time but uh wake up dead starts okay and i'm like wow this is fucking awesome and then i hear the voice and i immediately say hey that's that uh megadeth is this megadeth and he's like, fuck, you've passed. 
<laughs> so, so, you, so you earned that CD of cassette. <laughs> I earned that. Uh, I earned that recorded cassette, <laughs> which which had only four, which had only side A of uh, peace cells on it. But then eventually, of course, I bought peace cells, and yes, this is my first Megadeth album. What about you, Peter? My first Megadeth album is not like a very popular one, and you know where I'm going with it. It starts with. the system has failed oh really yeah because i think it was that time where i mean full album right because yeah the time uh, i had better internet or my friends could access but i mean i'd heard the off uh you know mega that song the the ballad everyone has probably heard come on let's be honest atlas mond i'm not my friends is not good <laughs> enough to say it. but and then he redid it also right with christina scabia from uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm saying so it's it, it's one of those things uh, system has failed was like the time i was really getting into it and kind of uh, diving head first into uh, you know metal and then i just went like very extreme so i think i can't remember it was much after that where someone had probably downloaded a discography or something and and the thing is right L- let's get this out of the day first either you're a fan of dave mustaine's voice or you're not right so are There's you no- a fan of dave mustaine's voice <laughs> i wish he released the album's instrumentals <laughs> <laughs> I know that's harsh, right? But it's like, not harsh at all. You're completely but, but justified. You, but, but when you look at, like, when I was listening to P cells, right? I was just like, man, imagine if they did like an extended version with just like you know guitars or bass and you know those jams and all those things that they have that most bands kind of do. How cool would it be to hear that? Let's get this straight. Like, I like like the voice in heavy metal, extreme metal, the kind of texture and the things it adds, but like if you listen to recent megadeth it doesn't add that much right like hey, recent megadeth is a different anomaly <laughs> but i think i think that's i think that's the difference between you and me because your first album and you got into megadeth through latter era yeah. megadeth which is why you are not a fan of the boys however i am a fan of the boys i i think dave mustaine has this unique uh, unique condescending extremely full of attitude power packed vocal style which fits his music absolutely well and honestly peace cells i can't imagine it with any other vocalist oh yeah oh yeah i mean i, I would i would love to hear like one of those like brass against someone like doing uh, <laughs> what do you say a reworking of you know like megadeth songs or something uh, like that right or what do you say i maidens redoing like megadeth song that kind of stuff that would be fun to just kind of see hear it in a different way different style yeah right? yeah complete sidebar how weird was that sofia urista story i haven't watched the video dude oh i did Anyways. Oh boy! I I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have my all my sympathies. <laughs> all right. Okay. So uh, I'm I'm clearly a fan of this album, right? But since you came into this album after having heard System Has Failed and a bit later, like in terms of chronology, etc., um, do you think this album is worth celebrating? If so, why? If not, why not? 
Oh, definitely worth celebrating. I mean, there's so much to this album, right? I'll I'll draw an analogy to a similar. I mean, another artist who I really uh, enjoy, right? Uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Trent Reznor. Now you could clearly like do two eras of Nine Inch Nails. Uh, crazy as fuck, Trent Reznor, and then sober as fuck, Trent Reznor, right? I think it's a similar thing with Megadeth, right? It's like, and I I was reading up on this album, and it's crazy that this album was described by Dave Mustaine as the heroin, cigarettes, and hamburger album. Right? <laughs> Born again Christian Dave Mustaine is just, I don't know, boomer. I like he becomes preachy. So when you hear this. And that's the exact shift I had, right? Like I heard System Had Failed and then I heard this. By the way, which System Has Failed, I read was supposedly a Dave Mustaine solo album. Yeah, it was. Just, but then, yeah. yeah, he was contractually obligated to release a Megadeth album. So he just, yeah. I mean, think of it this way, man. Megadeth is is a Dave Mustaine solo project. <laughs> yeah, but but not to take away from the others on this album, right? Oh, the definitely stuff not. Stuff that they yeah. add. I mean... Think about it. Why else would they have like a blues track, Iron Superstitious on this, right? And yep. that's the kind of crazy stuff. And when you hear it, right, the guitar work, everything on this is just so like insane. You're just like, what the fuck are these guys on? And then like, of course, you read and you found out uh, what they were on. But it was just so stellar. And I don't think there's like, how do I say any kind of filler on this album, right? I mean, none at people, all. Some, some people will say I am superstitious, but hey, it's done their own way. Yeah, and, and it works so beautifully. I don't think there's any filler on this album. There's like straight up riffs for days. You can fucking enjoy it. And the best part about it is you just go and play repeat again, right? Because it's, it, it's that kind of album. You want to get more of it. You don't want to be like, then I'm done for today, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the better things about it is eight songs, just 36 minutes. That's yeah. it. It encourages you to keep listening to it over and over again. Overall, the musicianship is so fucking tight. I mean, Mustaine is at fine form. Chris Poland is firing on all cylinders. Well, at least he seems to be firing on how many ever cylinders he's got. <laughs> right? Uh, Gar Samuelson's drums are really super. I mean, if you'd heard Killing Is My Business, uh, before Peace Sells, Gar's work on that album was a lot more um, showy, vankery on drums. But on this one, I think he reigns it in and he does a supreme job of it. And Ellefson, well, this album definitely showcases his unique style a lot more. To me, this album, it it satiates both, right? You get the extreme and also at the same time, you get the accessible, right? You want technicality? Here are amazing solos. You want riffs? There are like plenty of them. Plenty of them. You want serious lyrical takes? There's that. You want cheesiness or just fun or heavy metal type lyrics, <laughs> I mean, if you actually were to think about it, this is one of the rare albums where you can actually talk about an each song as an episode of a podcast itself. How many albums can you actually do that with? 
I'm wondering now why Megadeth doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> like, someone needs to do it. Can we like, listen to Dave Mustaine talk on and on and on? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen that uh, Gibson show. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, it takes a little bit of time and effort to get through. But, oh, well, coming back to P-Cells, to me, this is a perfect album. And you know what's really cool? I think I genuinely, I genuinely, and this is coming from me, listeners of the podcast will know that I don't really give a lot of attention to the lyrics, but these songs have such a cool collection of lyrical ideas, right? Uh, You begin with Wake Up Dead, which is an absolute delight once you actually read the lyrics. (laughs) And and you figure out what the concept is, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay then. I mean, for a teenager to wrap your head around it, it's a little hard. But as, as yeah, especially like, with a song called Wake Up Dead, right? Oh, well. <laughs> then you have The Conjuring, which is supposed to be a satanic ritual. There's heavy po- politics on uh, Peace Cells and Devil's Island. Good Morning Black Friday is about a serial killer. Bad Omen is about the occult. And then you have Willie Dixon and Howlin' Wolf rock and roll cover, Right. That says they aren't superstitious, which is a complete contradiction to <laughs> the songs that you heard before. And finally, my last words is about Russian roulette of all things. What a fucking smorgasbord of ideas! Yeah, <laughs> it's it's wow. <laughs> like this is one of those albums you'd love to be like a fly on the wall, right? While they're writing or just coming up with the ideas because you're like what was going on, right? And it's all over the place. Like, I was reading some of the uh, interviews that Mustaine did, I think around the 25th anniversary or later also, a few years ago, where he talked about that there was this whole stereotype of metalheads being dumb, right? And that's what he wanted to change uh, in there. And that's, so it tells you that he, this was a thought out thing, right? At least of course, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's that. not it's not just a Ye Leo Mane song like yeah, like it's not like a it's not like a songwriter. And I and you know what I like who I'm <laughs> targeting know, or who, <laughs> the kind of people I'm targeting when I say songwriters. But but uh, <laughs> and and God, at this point we have to bring up the whole thing with Metallica, right? Because let's be honest, and the only way I think properly explain it is in Hindi, not in English, is all this badass that he had, right? <laughs> like he took it out in the music and the lyrics and you you see what uh, Metallica were doing and he was like, okay, let's one up uh, everything, right? Like It's so Megadeth. weird, right? Like every album of Megadeth is can be seen as a reaction to Metallica. <laughs> Metallica release Kill Em All, Megadeth release Killing Is My Business, Metallica release Ride the Lightning, um, and well, by the time Peace Cells is released, there's already Master of Puppets, but like Peace Cells and Ride the Lightning can easily be compared to each other. Uh, Master of Puppets and Rust in Peace can easily be compared to each other. The Black Album and Euthanasia can easily be compared to each other. I know I'm leaving out Injustice for All, but I think Rust in Peace can compare with Injustice for All too. And it's very hard, right? Because uh, considering that at least uh, Dave Mustaine wrote a bunch of stuff for the first couple of albums and you have his contributions and things like that, it's very hard to like think of him as someone completely different from Metallica. And I think 
that that's one of those things about him right that no matter what he does no matter 35 years later also he releases an album there are two guys in india still talking about his connection to metallica <laughs> unfortunately that's the, that's his legacy right that's his history and he can't shy away from it it is those are facts um honestly honestly i'm glad that history worked worked out the way it did i mean if metallica hadn't fired him I'm not sure we would have got these songs, right? Because oh, peace sells is clearly is clearly continues to be a statement being made by Mustaine and his band. It's con- it continues to be one upmanship. It continues to be kind of like a call to war that hey, Megadeth can do this and it can do it better. And the man may never admit it, right? But automatically that's the thought that most metalheads gravitate to right oh yeah i think 100% i mean like also just i feel it's good to have competition right i mean in in a way that's what kind of has fueled him and if you see like recent era i'm sorry i'm bringing it up again but come on like what should you rather listen to a recent megadeth album or a recent metallica album <laughs> i'll take him both i'm actually genuinely <laughs> excited for the next megadeth release which is coming up in 2022 oh yeah because they okay i know but we will bring that up a little later i think cuz <laughs> cuz that there's so much written and talked about it right i think it all just feeds into the hype for the album and um mustaine has also been going out and talking about it and elefsons also going to be has been talking about it so obviously more yeah but there's no elefson on the album anymore i know i know we we still don't know right who's recorded the album no we don't yeah yeah maybe they'll just drop on teaser or something just before yeah. the album release you know what i'm really hoping for i'm hoping for some artwork that can um actually rival peace cells the the album artwork on peace cells because damn that artwork by ed repka to date it is the best album artwork by uh, megadeth it it was my first megadeth t-shirt i tried to buy it as shoes i want a poster of it i want to get it signed it's one of those things that immediately screams fuck i am heavy metal and fuck look at this this is what heavy metal is meant to be like i feel that that is where overall i give props to megadeth right because he, like whether it's their management or the band themselves right they understand like what you talked about right that's what people really resonate with right they want to wear that t-shirt i mean can you imagine in in like the 80s if you released like a white metal t-shirt it's going to fucking wear a white metal t-shirt right but they know and you want to wear like that logo you've seen it consistently over uh the years in the artwork in there some of it like i just wonder it's like they got tired of it or why did they not include it i don't know but uh yeah the artwork is fucking awesome i mean like it's it's one of those things which definitely grabs your attention uh in there and it's such a huge like i'm looking at uh, killing is my business right it's such a huge difference from there like exactly yeah like when you look at the logo when you look at the uh, artwork it's such a huge jump in there right and i think this is where 
they realize that you know we need to take this because i feel and i don't think it's changed over the last 30 years that merchandise is still one of the more important things right of uh, metal i mean at, at the end of the day everyone wants to wear that band t-shirt poster like you said put it up and all of that so yeah i'm, I'm really but that's glad. the thing right the poster has to be good enough to be put up so that anybody no matter if you're a heavy metal fan or not can actually appreciate it and this artwork transcends that album artwork thing completely yeah. it's such a great usage of their mascot i think that's an area where they must in completely trumped any of the metallica boys i can't believe lars never had uh, an idea for a band mascot as such i mean i know you have whatever that doodle guy or whatever but it's not the same it's not the same you hear you have fucking big the rattlehead and big the rattlehead has gone down in history as one of the best band mascots ever and i i genuinely think p cells the alfie's the album artwork on p cells does the best job of representing what big the rattlehead means or what big the rattlehead stands for and and the fact that like it's been consistent right like absolutely yep By But, the way, have you seen the video for Peace Cells? I can't remember dude. Probably I've seen it. I mean, it This is the one in which the kid is watching television and Megadeth is performing on television and then the dad comes in and says, "What crap are you watching? I want to watch the news." And the kid says, "This is the news." And that's <laughs> when the uh and the solo parts of Peace Cells begins. Wow, I just I have to check. I I probably have seen it, but like not like particularly paid attention because this is I think also the time I was telling you right like there was that French channel MCM that would play play like metal post eleven o'clock and in the so 90s, you 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 probably would have seen the video for Dead and the Fugitive Mind. Yeah, all I mean like there's so many of those uh, things that you watched, but. like you watched it with the volume really low cuz it was like metal <laughs> right? you didn't want to wake up your parents uh, who were sleeping uh and and that's how like i used to wait for the start in the end and like if you miss the start where the band name was and the song title cuz you like i literally had a book and i would take it down and then go to like your lime wire casa and download and see okay what's this song all about right do me a favor once 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 we finish this podcast go on youtube search that because the peace cells video and watch it the peace cells video to me is one of the best representations of what a heavy metal video should be it gives you it automatically you want to be that teenager where the best solution to every fucking problem was just to increase the volume and go back <laughs> to listening to music <laughs> but <laughs> i'm going to check it out for sure okay what's your favorite song from the album ah this is hard man like how do you pick from an album like this right uh i'd say since i've been listening to that and i went kept going back and i think i'd also blame mtv for this but uh, p cells man I mean, that that intro I, i'll be shocked as a bass player if you say is another track with that intro i mean it's one of those tracks that you just hear the intro and you know which song it is right and the moment it kind of uh, builds in and the cra- crazy thing about this track that i was reading it was actually supposed to be like 8 minutes long oh yeah you can definitely see it as yeah. an 8 minute track and, i mean i can uh, 
And and that's where I can't remember which band. I think it was Chris Poland who kind of told Dave Mustaine that you know what, there is something in this track. Let's not just like drag it on and like keep it to four minutes in there. But uh, imagine if that rehearsal of the eight-minute track releases, man. That like that's something that everyone will nerd out over and be like, oh my god, this is the pure version of the <laughs> P-Cells track, or whatever you want to call it. What, what about you, Anamesh? Which one is your favorite? Mine is Wake Up Dead. It's such a fucking exploder of a song. The musicality just made my jaw drop. I go back, I'm immediately, whenever I hear it, I have the same reaction as I did when I first heard it on cassette all those years back, right? As the, uh, as my test, whatever, right? And I think that also has a lot to do as to why this is my favorite song from this album. But it is. What made it even cooler, though, was the premise of the song. We talked about this. It's a record called Peace Sells, but who's buying? It's by a band called Mega Death. The song is called Wake Up Dead. So obviously, you think you think that this is about zombies or some motherfucking like normal heavy metal stuff, but it's actually about trying to carefully sneak into a house without waking up your significant other. <laughs> because if I wake her, I'll wake up dead. And as an adult in a relationship, yeah, see, <laughs> this song, like now, this song is just so much cooler, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and and you and you think about it like it's not like Dave Mustaine was like some thirty year old when he wrote this song, right? <laughs> he also was like in the early twenties or so. So he, he knew he would wake up dead <laughs> if he continued his ways. Yeah. So apparently, this song, this song, uh, he said that this song was written about him cheating on a girl with whom he was living. He stayed with her because he was homeless at the time and needed a place to stay. Unfortunately, he was in love with another girl and thought that the one he lived with would be mad because he was cheating on her. Well, yes, Dave, that's exactly how relationships work. <laughs> he had to leave her because he thought she had intentions to kill him. <laughs> and, and I was also reading that she was the muse for not only this song, but other songs that he wrote also. So, yeah, man, uh, we, we really appreciate her. And uh, it, it's crazy, right? That as, I mean, like you think of the stereotypical metalhead and everything, but you never think that he's writing a love song <laughs> with, with uh, this, right? I mean, like, well, who knows? Some people may think like cannibal cop songs are love songs. I don't oh, know. man. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. I just want to quickly add on this one part that you talked about, right? Like about them being homeless and a lot of like what they talk about in retrospect, right? About the album is about both Dave Ellison and uh, Dave Mustaine being homeless at that time and just like, yeah. how they would like keep going. And I think that's the thing about metal, right? Because these guys lived literally on the edge. They kind of like had nothing. But well, if you think relatively, because I read also that they got a $25,000 advance to record this album. So in today's day and age, also it's a princely sum for an Indian band. It is. It is. So, and when you're homeless and yeah. you're living on the edge to instantly receive that kind of money, well, it is used. 
for <laughs> things that will help you get distracted super quickly won't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think that that was one of the things that struck me about the album also right is just like you always talk about you know music not just being about the music but also like you know a document of the time uh, it was recorded in and i think that's one of the things also that this album signifies for me is just that like going back to my trend resonance example right even you listen to a downward spiral you actually fucking feel that dark and all oh, yeah. because of everything and it's just a document i, I don't think even trend resonance goes and listens back to that album because of everything it has but i'm just trying to think and picture myself as mustain now listening back or thinking back of that album right considering everything we talked about like his ex girlfriend because he's a happily married christian now and you know all the occult he wrote about it all what do you think like he looks back at this album and thinks about like if you could put yourself as picture yourself as dave mustain for a minute mm oh well I think I think this album clearly will be one of the um highlights of Megadeth's discography. Like to me personally it's it's my favorite Megadeth album but I think in the pop- in the popular vote this would be seen as maybe the second or tied at second album after Rust in Peace because this album represents what Megadeth is. It's a thrash metal band. that is pound for pound i still think musically leagues ahead of what it perceived as its direct competition but unfortunately never got the opportunities that the competition got yeah and and it's not even them right it's also the other two which are considered part of the big four i mean like if if given a choice uh i mean of course yeah i uh, again i forget i'm talking to you you're a huge slayer fan so i think slayer may take a precedence over mega that but uh, yeah we, we, for for me personally with with the four weirdly enough and and since you brought it up right if you talk about the big four uh on a given day on a given day like like today because we're talking about this and because i'm amped up on megadeth as such i would take megadeth over both metallica and slayer and anthrax wow wow this is the day uh, 3rd of december which <laughs> i have to mark <laughs> admit said that he take megadeth no but that's the thing right <laughs> on another day like i remember when i was watching slayer live that day slayer trumped any of the other bands and That's the thing when I was watching Metallica live Metallica trumped any of the other bands. I've never seen Anthrax live. So Do you, do you want to see Anthrax live? No really. I'm not a I'm not a huge Anthrax fan. Anthrax like very controversial take Anthrax shouldn't be in the top 4 in the big 4. Oh if opening if up you, a Pandora's box there. No no, if you, if you disagree or if you agree hit us up on the pod. <laughs> Let, let us know what you testament think. testament all the way oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean I, i'm just trying to think it it and i'm just trying to role play of sorts right this is probably the album i'll be as mustain one of the proud of looking back oh definitely but it's, but it's, as a dad yeah. i'll be like kids this is not what you should do like because like if you think about it uh especially since he became a born again christian and all of that right like i've read that he regret some of this whole occult bit 
uh, in there. And again, coming to what I was talking about metal earlier, right? This is, how do you say, the kind of sacrifices of the things you do for the art, right? And which later on you regret uh, in there. And they they lived fast, lived dangerous. And uh, yeah, that, that's why the album is the way it is. I don't think like if they did it any other way, it would turn out this way. But uh, I, I, as Mustang, I'd be damn proud of it, man. I mean, like absolutely. I mean, to me personally, I think this is a perfect album. I'd actually want to nominate this for all A's. I think it'll be really, really, really close uh, for an all A's. I think this might take an all A's. Paging Anurag Tagat, you know, we're calling you next. But yeah, yeah. I definitely love to talk. I mean, I think. It's clear that for both of us, we'd love to nerd out more about this album. Oh, Just definitely. This chat you know what? You can We can actually get really cheesy and we can pit this one up against Metallica's second album to Ride the Lightning. Both have eight songs. It makes a perfect versus. Let's do this. That'll be super let, interesting. Let, 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 let's get Ravi for this. <laughs> I think that's a perfect kind of an open call to end this episode on right now. If you want to chat with us and be our third for a versus, which is Metallica's Ride the Lightning versus Peace Cells, but who's buying? Reach out to us. <laughs> reach out to us at hauntsuppod.com or on Twitter at hauntsuppod. As always, I'm on Twitter at Asmoani. I'm at Trent Crusher. And this was Haunts Up. Wait, 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 wait. Episode's not done just yet. I completely forgot that, Peter, you have actually worked <laughs> with Megadeth. Wow, I, I love how you say worked with Megadeth. Like, <laughs> Do like, you have that on your resume? <laughs> no, man, I should. I mean, like, I wish I had, like, the school thing, like, I sold merch for Megadeth and I was hanging out with the band and drinking beers and all of that. But, uh, Actually, I have two fun Megadeth stories. One involves you, obviously. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell the fun one first. Uh, so I used to work for this uh, company that does music festivals here in India. And in 2012, one of the headliners for the music festival was Megadeth. And as one of the few me- metalheads in the company, I was hyped. I was like, fuck, man. Like, here's a chance where you're like, you know, hang you're like you know what lesser than six degrees of separation at this point right and Megadeth was Megadeth right they were huge like they basically had I think each member of the band had their own car to pick them up from the airport take them to the airport Uh, if I'm not mistaken Mustaine had this thing where he didn't want to talk to people also so like he was his the artist manager was told that no one should kind of come close to him and all of that they had security but on the day of the festival so because I was part of the team that was working on like the digital stuff right uh, a friend of mine uh, had to go had access backstage he had access to like all parts of the festival but he also had access backstage so he told the artist manager that, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to take a picture of the band before they go on stage and put it up just to hype people and all. And this is back in the day before Instagram. So the only thing you had was like Twitter and Facebook, right? 
So the artist manager said, sure, we'll get the band. And now here's this band, like all set. I think it was nothing less than 10,000 people waiting uh, outside to perform, right? So they're doing their warm-ups or whatever. And then they come in to the green room area and all. And I kid you not, because I've heard the story repeatedly. And I think for the last 10 years, we've told this story so well, I can actually picture myself in the room. So Megadeth comes in, they line up, put on their badass faces, all set to take the photo. And my friend takes out an iPad to take the photo. (laughs) And I kid you not, word for word, this is exactly what Dave Mustaine said. And I've heard it from the person who was on the receiving end. Oh, you're that kind of photographer. <laughs> and I am telling you, it's like I was like, and so the thing is, what, what, what do you mean? To, this is a camera. Yeah, like this, this is, is a tablet. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, for for the guy who was on the receiving end, right? He's not a metalhead by any uh, stretch, right? So he didn't understand this, and for me, it was like. Fuck yes, Dave Mustaine has not gone soft. <laughs> he still is a badass. What do you but, mean you're a photographer? Yeah, you only you take photos on a tablet? <laughs> and it was like so, like I'm telling you, oh God. For the I think for the rest of the week we ribbed the guy about it. Months later, also, we'd be like, hey, what did the guy from Megadeth tell you? <laughs> but uh yeah, and it's it's so strange, right? Because I was talking about digital and thanks to, you know, stuff like Instagram and now Twitch and all of that, you're getting like so in touch with musicians or you kind of, that barrier is kind of gone, right? That, oh my God, these are the artists and all. And I think one of the cool things that's happened in the last couple of years is Cameo. Oh, fuck. I know where you're going with this. (laughs) Come on. I mean, like as a bass player, and since you talked so much about Megadeth, uh, at least off the podcast. So I was like, okay, wait, Dave Ellison's on Cameo. This is this is interesting. And honestly, I had no idea how it was going to pan out, right? Because I was like, will he actually... And again, for context, I had never done, given anyone a gift on Cameo. So I had no idea how it's going to work. I mean, everyone I think has seen that Vince Neil one. So <laughs> that's the extreme. It can't be that bad, right? So I was like, hey, what's the worst thing that it can happen? Uh, he may kind of like not say unamazed. <laughs> we know what's the worst thing that could have actually happened. And I don't want to get into that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Mind but, you, this happened in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Like before we knew all. What before we, we knew right what, now. yeah. Before we knew what he actually does on video calls. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I was like, what's the worst thing he can do? Like say Animesh wrong, it's fine. So I was like, okay, hey, my friend Animesh is a huge fan. Oh, by the way, he's a bass player also. He's seen you live. And yeah, lo and behold, two days later in my email is a video for Animesh wishing him happy birthday from Dave Ellipson himself. Yeah, thank you for that. I I still remember your reaction to it. It was one word. It was fuck. (laughs) Because I don't think you expected that, right? Completely not. Yeah, it was my first time ever getting a cameo or something. I find the concept like really weird, but it did the trick. Yeah. It definitely did the trick. It made me pop for that one second. <laughs> it did. 
now i can't really like look back at it with very fond eyes i know i know i like, was just thinking about it the other day i was like <laughs> oh well never meet your heroes yeah yeah i think oh I think but i still love to meet they must stay in man and actually trying to like have a good conversation with them because good yeah that will be awesome i think i think the only way that will be possible is if you like convert and become a born again christian that's the only way you're having a normal conversation with him. i don't think what is knows. normal for demus day anyways i have no idea <laughs> so once again do you have any fond megadeth stories do you have any megadeth stories of your own why didn't you share them with us as always you can reach out on honsappod.com or talk to us on twitter at honsappod once again but still i am at asmohani on twitter i'm at trend crusher and for the second time this was honsapp honsapp guys